I have one question for you. Are you ready to do your fertility journey differently? Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton, and this is the Studio Fertility Podcast, where each week I bring you real, actionable tips and strategies to help you get your mind from chaos to calm and your body from resistant to receiving. So if you want to feel better now and improve your fertility, let's do this. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Studio Fertility Podcast and I am your host Bella Hilton and it feels good to be back after over a year of not recording my podcast. Now I've certainly taken a break since my last episode Um, but if you don't know I moved countries in February 2023 from my native Australia to live in London in the UK and actually moving country is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And I actually thought that I was going to be superwoman and not miss a single beat from taking off to when I arrived here in the UK in February. And I think that is until all the months of like packing up and jet lag took their toll and and kicked my ass from here to Kingdom Come um, for over a month. And I think that allowed me to have some time off to reprioritize myself and not run quite so hard as we were all settling into a new environment. So here I am feeling super excited about starting up the podcast again after a year and bringing you some amazing topics and guests um, over the next year. And today, um, I'm not sure why I wanted to start with this, but I just felt compelled. I wanted to talk about a personal miscarriage story. Because as you can imagine, I come across a lot of women who have had miscarriages along the path, either from natural conception or from IVF, and all at various stages as well. Um, I've seen women who have had late stage miscarriages from, you know, miscarriages at the four and a half week mark, right? All kinds of women from ones who easily move through a loss at 12 weeks to those who are still in excruciating pain over a miscarriage at the five or six week mark. Because the truth of the matter is, is this, it doesn't matter when the miscarriage happened, what week it is, you know, it's dependent on the person for the resources that they have for how well they get through it um, and a bunch of factors. And I wanted to talk about my personal story today because I want to normalize talking about it more and also normalize that it's possible to move through the pain also, but also a little bit about why that isn't always so easy as well. Now, I myself have had four miscarriages and I had them back to back. So I know a thing or two about moving through them. I definitely do. I had two around the five-week mark, one at the nine-week mark and one closer to 11 weeks, although I knew it was most likely not viable from week seven, that 11-week one. And that's just when I started to bleed, actually. Sometimes the miscarriages would go on for a while. And I know for me, the ones at the five-week marks were much easier to deal with, even though like probably the last one at the five week mark was hard because that was you know like it was different because that was my fourth miscarriage so I was dealing with it in a different way but why I say it was easier for me because um, the other 
the ones that were a bit later, the nine and 11 week, were way more physical in nature. So there was more physicalness that went into those miscarriages that made them harder to deal with. My 11 week miscarriage ended up being actually a six month ordeal, if you count from when I got pregnant, um, and then some complications along the way. Um, that's a whole lot of the story though, because today I'm going to talk and detail my nine week loss. And this is the point before we go any further, right? That I'm going to get quite graphic in nature today, telling a story of one of my miscarriages. So we can normalize this. But if you think this will be triggering for you for any reason or upsetting, please do yourself a favor and switch over to a different episode. Okay. I'm being graphic and a lot more detailed because I want to highlight what it can actually be to go through a miscarriage and especially in the first trimester. They are all different of course, every woman is different, every miscarriage is different but I want to highlight what I actually went through because I think some people are quite dismissive of losses in the first trimester. Now with the ones at five weeks I was much more able to deal with the upset of losing the baby than the ones where the physical elements were the highlight, okay? The five-week losses were simply like having a heavier period or a late period, physically. Mentally, emotionally, that was a different story, but then I was just able to grieve that without the physical nature connected to it. But when I had my miscarriage at nine weeks, well, that is actually just, like I said before, just when I started to bleed, But I had been warned at an ultrasound a few days before that the baby was measuring behind. Uh, The heartbeat was too slow and it was most likely I was going to miscarry. Doesn't make it any easier. (laughs) Uh, Even with that warning, I wasn't prepared for it to end. We never are. We always hold out that hope. And I actually started bleeding on my 40th birthday whilst I was in Fiji on holiday. Like that just rubbed more salt into the wound. And I'll keep telling you the story, but the point here is that often when others have heard that you had a miscarriage and it was the first trimester, they might think nothing of it. Oh, she lost it so early. Uh, You're glad you lost it early. But there's a whole other side that goes with it that cannot be conveyed in, oh, I had a miscarriage at nine weeks. And so that's why I'm telling the story because we all have so much layered meaning and stories and things that just affect us physiologically in the aftermath that we're actually not dealing with just a miscarriage, just the loss of a baby, which is hard enough when this is something that we so desperately want. So for me, I think I'd really been terrified that turning 40 would mean the end of my ability really to have another child because I had one baby at this stage via IVF and that was had been 18 months earlier. And so having a miscarriage on my 40th birthday was layered with so much meaning of getting older, of feeling like my fertility was shutting down. And there were things that happened on that day that seemed to really heighten the emotion and the trauma of that experience. Like going to the breakfast buffet and this lady whom I did not know, who seemed to come out of nowhere into my face, like right into my face saying, It's a great day to be alive, isn't it? And the whole scenario was just really odd and 
here I was trying to deal with my pain and have breakfast like a normal person and I was really caught off guard by it. But I'd been really struck by that word alive, knowing that my baby was not in that moment. And as I walked back to my table and I was talking to my husband with a few tears running down my cheeks, the breakfast band came over to my table and decided that was a good time to come over and sing me happy birthday. Like, for goodness sake, you can't script this, right? I was just trying to keep it together and I felt severely tested in those moments. I wanted the, the, you know, the ground to swallow me. Now, when I got back to Sydney, all that had happened really was that I was bleeding a little bit. I knew the pregnancy was over. I knew that this was a loss. There was no question of that, given the information that I'd had previously. And of course, I followed up with my IVF clinic and they brought me in for blood tests to monitor me until I was all the way back to zero with my pregnancy hormones. But for a solid two weeks, my HCG levels were still up around the 11,000 mark. So despite having to deal with a whole bunch of emotions around this, naturally from losing this really wanted baby, I also had a lot of pregnancy hormones layered on top of that. And we always need to be so super gentle with ourselves when we have all these pregnancy hormones because it really heightens everything. And at around the 11 week mark, this is when things really kicked up a notch physically. I was home by myself with my 18 month old and I suddenly started severely cramping and I went to the toilet and there was just blood everywhere and it just wouldn't stop. There was no point where I could just use a pad or (laughs) pull up my pants, right? And I had no idea what my child was doing in the other room. I think fortunately I'd managed to turn the TV on so at least he was distracted but I felt panicked and stuck and I didn't have my mobile with me of course because I was simply just quickly going to the toilet and it was like this for a good 30 minutes of, of just not being able to move before I felt like I passed something and it was very physical and I was terrified in that moment I was all alone trying to look after an 18 month in the other room, not knowing what had happened for the last 30 minutes. And I was terrified of what was happening to my body. I wanted to look, but I could not bring myself to look in the toilet for fear of what I thought I would see. Do you know what that moment is like for a woman? And I think out of a sense of responsibility to my child watching TV by himself and having been unsupervised for 30 minutes, I knew I had to just keep moving and not think too much, right? I didn't even have the, um, the luxury to just be with myself in that moment. So I just cleaned myself up and flushed and got back to him. And I was happy to have the cramps subsiding and sitting on the couch and just trying to work through my brain of what just happened. I was in a state of shock. And instead of taking it easy, though, I think I felt like I needed to just keep moving and I needed to get to the post office actually to post a present. So I decided at that moment it was a good idea to bundle up my child and the present and head off to the post office, which was a decent 15 minute walk away. And of course, as luck would have it, I came across someone, not real luck, 
that I knew on my way and was having a chat to her like nothing had just happened only 15 minutes earlier in my house. And I remember the whole time talking to her thinking she's got no idea what just happened because I was in a daze. I didn't know what to make of it all. I was still processing. I was just walking around going through the motions. And I made it to the post office. And as I was at the counter posting my parcel, those cramps started up again. Could you imagine? Like I'm now I'm at the post office. At least I'd been at home before. And I was doubled over, holding onto the counter, pretending like nothing was wrong at all. Why? Why did I do that to myself? I have no idea to this day. There I was, doubled over, just holding onto the counter and pretending to smile, just hoping the cashier would hurry up and finish. And she finally did, and I got out of there, cramps still severe and plaguing me as I started walking back home. And I felt a large plop of something, um, you know, come out into my underwear. And I basically just kept walking. I didn't know what else to do. There was no public toilets around, like I was just in the middle of the suburbs walking home. I didn't even look down and I just didn't know if I had blood everywhere or or down my pants or what. I just knew I had to get home. And so I kept walking and I got home and thankfully, no, I was perfectly clean and my clothes were not marked. But in my underwear, I had this big jelly-like solid mass there. And that was another physical thing, another visual that I didn't need at that moment. And it was just so confusing. And I guess it slowly dawned on me what I already knew. That I had passed the baby on the toilet earlier. And this was most likely the placenta. I felt like I had weirdly given birth because essentially I kind of had. It was a stressful, traumatic and eventful moment. This wasn't losing a baby at nine weeks. This was a very physical event with so much meaning. And so when it was such a big thing, turning 40, taking so long to happen and then happening in a way that I felt like I was giving birth and being so physical... And then having to go for so many blood tests at the clinic to week after week, constantly thrown into an environment that was like walking back into the fire when you're already burnt. The miscarriage took way more of a toll on me than just, oh, she just lost the baby at nine weeks in her first trimester. No big deal. Oh, and I forgot to mention that the day before I traveled to Fiji, I'd been walking along and talking to my baby and I told my baby If they needed to go and it wasn't right for them to be here, they could leave. And I felt like in that moment, my baby passed. And to be honest, there was a part of me then that made it feel like it was my fault because I had said that to my baby. I had said that to my belly. I had said it was okay. It wasn't okay. I wanted this baby. And then the whole time in Fiji, everything was about some kind of water activity, which I knew I couldn't take part in for risk of infection. And the whole thing just felt like a massive, awful mess. There was so much going on inside physically and mentally and emotionally to say that this was just an early miscarriage would have done it such a great disservice. 
I was going through so much, but at this stage, I would like to point out one thing. Except to normalize talking about things and talking to the community about it, I don't sit around thinking about my miscarriages anymore, except to bring this episode together for you. It doesn't affect me loving my birthday. I don't sit around thinking I should have five children instead of one. I completely let all my miscarriages and go. And for me, that was the totally right thing to do. To work through the emotions and the meaning and the physical nature of them. To get to a place where I was no longer affected by them. And I will also say... I am changed by them too. To know what it's like to go through a miscarriage gives me the insight of what it is to go through something so defeating and soul-destroying. I am human and I went through the hard emotions, but I also came through to the other side of them. And how do you do that? Well, I'm sorry, how you do that will entirely depend on you as an individual and what resources you have available to you. For me, it was incredibly right to just let everything go eventually, work my way through the meanings and the emotions and completely move on. But for others, they need to honor their loss. And I personally think in this respect, a five-week miscarriage is going to be very different from a late-term loss in that regard and how you might honor it. Right, Not saying that you wouldn't honor each of them if that's right for you, but how you honor it. Now, I personally know people and have supported them who have gone through that. And that is something else entirely. But yes, you need to honor your miscarriages because it was so momentous to you. Not that mine weren't momentous and didn't mean a lot to me, but we're also different in how we process things. There is actually not a one size fits all to grieving and healing. So there you go. I don't want to get into it too much today about, you know, analyzing it and, you know, saying what I did to move through. I just wanted to detail an honest account of a miscarriage and what it can actually be like to go through one, even when it's at an early stage. The fact that it's physical, the fact that there's so much layered meaning behind it, you know, nobody can know what you are going through in that space except for you and the grieving and the healing is going to look so different for everybody but we need to stop diminishing women's experiences of what it's like to go through one and that's what I wanted to do today to show people who might listen to this what it can actually be like and that's the podcast today I hope you got something out of this and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Studio Fertility Podcast. If you know you could benefit from working with me, head to my website at studiofertility.com where you'll find some freebies, information on my transformational one-to-one coaching and group coaching programs, and lots of great testimonials. And if you love the podcast, I'd love to know through a five-star review. And that's it.